When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, we have podcasts and content and all sorts of subjects, music, wrestling, TV, films, conspiracy theories, serial killers, and a whole lot more. You can find the video versions at uh, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation and audio versions at all the usual podcasting networks. I am joined today by British independent wrestler, Mr. Cade Callis. Welcome, Cade. Uh, sorry, thanks for having me on. No worries, buddy. So this time we decided we were going to turn your camera off because we had a few issues last time just with the clicking in and out. So we're away to go. And uh, yes, yeah, it's been an eventful uh, couple of weeks in the wrestling world and it's only going to get busier over the next few weeks. Uh, with everything that's going on, we're going to have a little Wednesday Night Wars thing going on, which is going to be interesting. Um, so let's start with you. Uh, I've seen a couple of your posts recently uh, on social media, and you seem to be uh, getting very motivated. So uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I guess uh, there's there's been a subtle shift in my mindset. Uh, in that for a long time I've been somebody with a day job that wrestles as well, whereas now I'm starting to feel like a wrestler that also has a day job. Um, so wrestling is very much at the forefront of my thinking now. Um, in my spare time, I'm watching wrestling, I'm consuming wrestling, I'm thinking wrestling. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite exciting. I, I feel like I did uh, maybe eight, nine years ago. And... Uh, yeah, I feel really enthused with it. Um, I guess the frustrating thing is that I've I've pulled my neck, and that seems to be reoccurring now. Um, so it's not not the best time for this to happen. Um, but I guess at the same time, uh, absence makes the heart grow fond, and the time where I'm not able to head down to training and try things out that I'm thinking, it's just making me want it more and more and more. So um, yeah, it's a it's a really exciting time to be involved in wrestling it's a really exciting time to be me so yeah um, yeah and, and i guess i'm i'm learning social media as well slowly but surely um, so uh yeah that's pretty cool as well yeah and i think obviously for those who don't know you had a, a wwe tryout a few years back and um, so it'd be nice if you could get back up to there and uh get gay foot in the door as it were because um obviously just Recently, we had the uh, NXT Cardiff uh, event and the TV tapings, which followed, uh, which was obviously it was a big thing for like for for me personally, just because you don't really see that much, you know, WWE style wrestling in Cardiff. Um, 
and if they do it's their you know their house shows they never have tv tapings or anything like that because if they come to the uk they tend to take their raw and smackdown in london or in manchester so it yeah, was well, really cool takeover was a pay-per-view quality show it was oh, it's awesome, it was mate. every match was of the highest caliber it was things that you don't expect to see in a you know in in the uk in a in the motor point arena in cardiff and you've got guys putting on a fantastic show you've got some of the best talent from britain some of the best talent from all over the world when you look cesaro was there um and everybody put on an absolutely fabulous show and uh yeah it was it was just it was a fantastic card um don't get me wrong uh i I was a little bit disappointed (laughs) um so yeah. originally on the day of the show, um, well, maybe a week before the show, I was due to do two shows that day. So no problem. I'm going to be distracted. I'm not going to get a ticket because I'm not going to be available. Let's, uh, we'll just carry on with the Cade, Cade Callis wrestling. Um, and then those shows got postponed and cancelled. And then suddenly it's just me <laughs> and the mm-hmm. TV and I'm watching. NXT UK takeover, watching many of my peers um, absolutely smash it, which was fantastic. And I suppose, I suppose the truth is, with the effort that I've put into pro wrestling over the last eight years, I probably don't deserve, I didn't deserve to have been there, right? But at the same time, I really, really wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of them. Yeah, I think, and don't get me wrong, like, you um you've got the character and the you know the ability and the everything to go with it which could mean that you could be there it's just the way things have gone over the couple last couple of years maybe yeah like you say you haven't managed to sort of get to that level but i mean i do believe and i've said this to you before you know like off air and privately that i believe that you'll be able to get there and i feel like recently you've had that sort of focus and motivation back that maybe that could be the route. And that... um, in, in 2011, when I had my trial, um, I was asked to come back in six months. And then the day, maybe two days before I was due to come back, they sacked my, the scout, the guy that scouted me and the guy that did all the scouting at the time, uh, Drew McDonald. So suddenly, right. my contacts with the WWE had gone. And honestly, it, it, it knocked me for six. I just thought, oh, so that's wrestling over with then. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that. Because a lot of guys love to wrestle. And don't get me wrong, I do. But my goal had always been the WWE. My yeah. goal had always been, that's, that's, what, that's the wrestling I like. That's where I want to be. And then when that was kind of, when the rug was pulled from under me, I just thought, ah, oh, maybe it wasn't meant to be then. Um, so that, that, that was where I was. It, it sat my motivation. And... I guess I, I just lost interest for a while, but, but, but back now, I'm back at it. And over the past eight years, I don't think I've put on poor wrestling shows. I just haven't put the work in outside of the wrestling shows. I haven't put the thought into it outside of those wrestling shows. So although I don't think I shortchanged anyone during the past eight years, I don't think I've quite pushed myself like I could have. Yeah. And I think like, when you think back, we talked about when you came on before the Lembic Opec angle, and then like you had the video, didn't you? And the the like the promo video and stuff, which was sort of led into that, and it was really creative and quite cool. Um, and obviously, we haven't seen as many of them over the last few years. But then recently, you've been putting out videos on social media. You've been running competitions for your T-shirts, new T-shirts, which you can buy at, uh, I think it's Pro Wrestling uh, Cartel, Big Cartel, isn't it? Yeah, it's kcallis.bigcartel.com. Um, there's links to it from my social media, which is all at kcallis. And yeah, just, just getting into what wrestling is now. I mean, um, I suppose when I broke in, the internet was very new um, and I never really capitalised on it. I'm, wasn't quite sure how to use it. I mean, the truth is, when I'm out on a show, I'm I'm very character driven, um, and translating that character that I put on in front of those hundreds of people to uh, to social media, I always found I always found it difficult because there's always going to be an 
So it's going to be quite incongruent because the Cade Callis that I am on a show, to imagine that guy sat behind a computer typing on social media, that that, that takes a big leap for me. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought, well, no, it takes away from my character. It takes away from the mystique. Um, but at the same time, it's the way of the world now. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's the thing is with social media and the internet now is you can you can get your name out and your your videos out, your promo videos out, your matches out. They can be seen by people you know all across the world in seconds. And I think if you look at just like what like the the young bucks and Kenny Omega have done, or he'd say just the young bucks because obviously Kenny Omega was with New Japan. But like what they did, where Ring of Honor isn't really on in the UK unless you go searching for it on the Ring of Honor website. It's not on in TV here. So the only time people could really see it is via YouTube or if they're on a New Japan show. But yet they've, you know, they they they've made their money predominantly up until now from T-shirt sales and you know working and getting their name out on social media. And they've made a huge name for themselves, whereby they've now turned down the WWE and gone and done something, you know, completely new on their own. And obviously it helps that they've got the backing of Tony Khan, who's, you know, who's involved with Fulham, uh, his family owns Fulham FC in the Premier League. So they've, you know, they've got the financial backing to to try and put something new and get it on TV. They've got a massive TV deal in, in America. But, you know, for years, they've used the internet very cleverly. Yeah, the the early adopters of anything like that are the ones that get the most success from it. I mean, you only have to look at Mark Andrews, circa 2012-2013. That guy was editing music videos, making music videos, putting himself out there, creating content. And that was years ago, and I I didn't understand it. Uh, My thoughts were... You're losing the essence of pro wrestling when you put together a music video because it's just showing the moves, it's just showing the tricks, it's not showing the emotions that a match is supposed to evoke. But yeah. it worked, and that that's the way that wrestling was going at the time, and he was an early adopter of that, and he's got all the success from that. I guess the same with the Young Bucks. They've really capitalised on this whole YouTube thing, and, and they put out content, and they've created a buzz and people are buying their shirts, and people are watching their product, and now they've helped create this uh, AEW. So, yeah, it's it's making the most of the avenues that are there, and although I haven't quite worked out how to make the most of it all yet, I'm going to keep making content. I'm going to I'll do pro wrestling how, how I think it should be done, and hopefully it'll get some interest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's like... Um... It's just using all the tools that you've got available, whether it's, you know, it's internet, it's YouTube, it's Facebook, it's finding creative ways to, to enhance what you do and what you, how you visualize your character and stuff. You can use, whether it's, a, you know, a 30 second video clip or clips of your matches or clips of your feuds, whatever it may be. It's just using those tools to, to, to get your name out further. Um, and obviously with the NXT UK, I think that's opened doors and World of Sport to a lesser extent coming back. But that's opened doors for, for British wrestlers, which weren't there. Like you talked about um, your sort of contact with the WWE when he left. You had sort of no contact or no way to sort of have a dialogue with them, whatever it may be. Whereas now with NXT UK, they're, they're constantly putting on shows in the UK. They're constantly looking at independent promotions for, for new talent or people, you know, who are who are making a name for themselves. They're they're constantly monitoring social media to because especially now with AEW, they AEW, all those guys have got their fingers on the pulse. Even guys like Jericho, the reason Jericho's been so successful over the years, because he constantly recreates himself he constantly changes his character he's up with you know what people want these days he hasn't stayed the same and just rolled out the the kind of greatest hits from his y2j character from 2000 he's constantly evolved and changed himself with what 
you know what he thinks the fans will find entertaining um so there's more you know there's wwe now have to be on the ball with signing new talent or finding new talent because if they don't those guys will and then you've got other companies in america whereas ring of honor and other sort of independent companies who have obviously got to keep refilling their uh you know their rosters because their guys are going over to AEW or WWE or NXT, NXT UK. It's it's kind of never ending. But British wrestling at the moment is as big as it's been for years, have not it? There are there. There are a lot of opportunities at the moment. Absolutely. And I mean, as you mentioned earlier, this uh, this new Wednesday night war. Exciting. Awesome. Exciting. Especially for us in the UK, like AEW is on ITV4, which makes it so easy to to access yes it's on in the middle of the night but you know it's going to be on the itv player you haven't got to purchase sky sports or bt sport you can just watch it on terrestrial tv which i think is huge um just for for wrestling fans in the uk because we're conditioned that to watch wwe you've got to kind of have sky sports um obviously with the wwe net that's where we have of an older generation, see you. But if you speak to your guys like your Pete Duns and your Mark Andrews, those guys were watching TNA because that was yeah. free on, on like Bravo or whatever. You know, it was it was on the basic cable package. Yeah. Um. So that was the wrestling that those guys were watching, and that's the wrestling that they're they're doing now. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, that absolutely. Of, that, uh, that that X division style. You know, where it was it wasn't about weight limits, it was about no limits and it was about that cool style of wrestling that was hard hitting and high flying and 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 that's that's changed the business. And I, I don't think enough I don't I don't think that we've realized that TNA's had such an impact on this this generation of young pro wrestlers that are coming in and, and making waves, you know. Yeah, well, you look at how many guys um, in the WWE now who were in TNA in like the early 2000s, <clears throat> like people slate TNA or Impact as it is now, um, and rightly so. They've made some terrible decisions over the years, and they've they've shot themselves in the foot over and over again. But that sort of, I think it was like 2002 to about 2006, TNA was the best wrestling on TV. They they don't get enough credit for that period, but. Unfortunately, they, they did uh, make a few, uh, what should we say, in, indescribable decisions, and they shot themselves in the foot a bit now. Um, and whereas they were the kind of the number two company in the US particularly, but, you know, in the world to WWE, they've kind of slipped right down the pecking order. But you're right, guys like Pete and Mark Andrews, they would have, you know, they would have been watching that because in the UK it was free to watch, whereas... Like I mentioned, you have to pay get Sky Sports to watch WWE. Um, I've heard a few rumours that uh, NXT UK they're looking to move that from like it'll still be on the network, but they might put it on Fox Sports, um, which again is huge, you know, in terms of getting more eyes on that product. Um, and I think if they do put it on Fox Sports, I think they'll try and get it on a uh, you know a channel in the UK. I just not sure whether they'd have to put it on bt because that's where the you know raw and smackdown is going but you know if we could get that on like a channel five or you know a channel four somewhere like that there'll be an and an, you know a big step again for you british wrestling i mean e- even if it was broadcast free on sky sport um on bt sports youtube channel like they do the champions league final yeah, more eyes on it, and more people likely to buy the network if they love the product, you know. Yeah, and I think with the NXT UK, it did take a while when once they started like the TV tapings. I feel like, particularly when they were showing it two hours every Wednesday on the network, I feel like it took a bit of time to get going. Um, because certainly, like those first few weeks, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. But then, just, as it went to an hour a week. And as they started to find their feet and the wrestlers became more comfortable, I feel like, and now I think it's really, really starting to get going. Like from TakeOver Blackpool 
to take over Cardiff. The TV was better. The matches were better. The characters felt more rounded and as if they had, you know, found their feet and got used to, you know, what they wanted to portray and what they wanted to do. I'm a well, huge fan of uh, the Grizzled Young Vetsmith. Yeah, wrestling on television is in itself a skill. Working to that hard camera is a skill. Um, it's going to take a while to get used to that, isn't it? You're going to watch back your match and think, well, I shouldn't have done that. You're going to watch back your match and think that looks good. So it's going to take that little that period to kind of get used to how best to portray yourself through that media. You know, yeah. it's completely different to a live show, which is all many of these guys would have done. Yeah, and like even the guys, like the Galas guys, for instance, who've been who have done a lot of work with ICW up in Scotland, they're kind of when they stream their shows and film their shows, it's completely different camera placement and it's it's like presented in a completely different way. It's in like a nightclub, um, it's completely different to their like you say with the hard camera and that polished TV product. So, it, you know, they're perfectly capable of doing it, and they were at the start and all the way through, but just in terms of how comfortable they were cutting promos, doing the matches, even doing entrances and things like that, it's going to take time, isn't it? And I feel like, like you look at them, like uh, the Grizzled Young Vets, uh, Gibson and Drake, where, before they were a tag team, Gibson was getting a lot of heat as a heel, but I felt like he wasn't quite connecting as a character, but then you've put them together and they're one of my favorite tag teams to watch in the whole world. I really feel like they've, you know, gone on and shown and like that tag team match at NXT Cardiff was excellent. I know the main event gets, you know, all the, all the plaudits, but that tag team match was so good. Yeah. The three way tag match was excellent. Mm. Really, really good. And I'm, I did. I was wondering: Are they going to put it on the Welsh guys? Are they going to do it, or are they going to kind of do what WWE often does on the main roster, which is kind of tease it and tease it, and then the hometown hometown people lose? But they made the right decision. I felt. I don't think it's going to be a particularly long run. I feel like they will probably end up putting it on, you know, someone like Gallas or maybe back on the Grizzled Young Vets. But it was the right call to give it to them on the day. I think. Yeah, well, I, I I can't see why where they'd need to take it off them. You know, they're, they're two exciting young men that do cool stuff with interesting characters and backstories and things like that. So it's not it's not like they've they've put it on some a, a couple of guys that haven't been built up at all. Yeah, you of know, course. Yeah, through the TV show we've we've learned about Flash Morgan and his his kind of mod ways and the things that he does, and we've heard a lot about Mark Andrews and his band. So. They've created 3D characters of both that portray them well, so that there's no real reason why they can't run with it for. See what happens then. I know um, that the people within the WWE they really like um, the hunt with uh, the three three guys that are the like Dave Mastiff and Wild Boar. Um, you know these are guys which you you you're very familiar with. Um, Dave Mastiff, I think, has gone from strength to strength on NXT UK from this very first match to, you know, when you look at the last man standing match with Joe Coffey, he's, the crowd is really into him and he's really quite over. Uh, you know, it was a good match as well. It was brutal. Some nasty landings. and uh... Dave is an absolute natural. The guy's been fantastic for years. I was so happy when he was on that world of sport. And they they highlighted him there, and now he's in NXT UK. And again, you know, he's the guy is absolute quality and uh, deserves all the success in the world. He's worked so so hard, you know. Yeah, he's very um, very charismatic, isn't he? As well, he's um, like a natural in front of the cameras and just a natural, uh, like larger than life personality, which is what you need. Um, I think my only complaint from NXT UK Cardiff was I felt like the women's match didn't get long enough and maybe the placement of it on the card. But, and because Tony Storm has been champion for so long, I kind of wanted it to be a bit more of a big deal, maybe a bit more of a struggle within the match. But, you know, for, you know, you can't have every match be this long 
huge battle and obviously the main event and i think 40 40 minutes or something like that um if, if but yeah I, that was I, my the, the women's match was right before the main event yeah yeah so you you need a little dip yeah if, if walter and tyler are going to go out there and absolutely smash it then you you need a little dip you, you need the crowd to be energized ready for walter and tyler it's a, it's a long day I think oh, we were yeah, there for five hours, that crowd. Yeah, it's a, a long time. A three-hour pay-per-view and, and some tapings beforehand and maybe a couple of dark matches, whatever else. So you know what? To, to scream and to shout for five hours is, is, a, is a really tall ask. So you need those peaks and you need them ebbs. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, that's what that match was. Yeah, I think so. I... Um... I like. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, for Walter. Um, like I gotta be honest, Tyler Bate. I'm a huge fan of his. Like his, you know, he's an unbelievable wrestler. I haven't always felt connected with his character, but this this feud with Walter kind of changed that for me personally. Um, like I was always a big fan of Pete Dunne, and I like the three guys together. But Tyler Bate, I've always I haven't quite connected with his character always like everything he does is impressive you know that's obvious but just this from a character point of view but the build up to that to that main event and that um the little sort of docu promo they did on the network like 24 25 minute video which you actually pointed me towards really helped me get because i watched it right before the show and then to see a match that of that quality and the way they you know the way they booked it and the, it's the strength from Tyler Bate, the big guy versus the little guy. It was just, it all fell into place very, very nicely. Yeah, I think that that twenty-five minute documentary was was wrestling almost at its very best. In that, it, it built it up like a rocky fight. You yeah. know, you just you're stacking up the odds against Tyler, and you got Tyler's mum concerned about him. You're talking about how he was power bombed and beaten and injured. And his mate's been battered as well. And, you know, that you've got this, this immovable force in Walter that's just smashing people left and right. And then you've got this, this, this little boy, essentially, Tyler Bates, saying, like, I'm, I'm going to try my best. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to... And, you know, it, it was, there's something very likable about a trier. Somebody that's not yeah. going to get someone that's had a whooping. And it's like, nah, I, I'm going to do this. You know, it was... Yeah, it was, it was well done, and and the match was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, I'd like to see them, the WWE on all their brands, um, use those like kind of twenty minute sort of docu promos a bit more often for their big matches because I think it builds that sort of the big fight feel. Um, and I feel like you know it probably took them a day to film, and I feel like you know you could really, really that could be really good selling point for the network to have these kind of, when you've got a big show, if you've got like these little documentaries about the big matches, it's a really good thing. And they, you know, they WWE with their, their video packages on the pay-per-views and the YouTube channels, it's just top draw. They were so good at it. Um, I suppose it's taken from other sports, isn't it? So like in boxing, you're not gonna have two guys fighting and scrapping for the month leading up to their fight, like yeah. you can in wrestling. So you go build it up in other ways. So you look at their family, you you speak about what it means to them, you speak about the, the personal issues and you build that up. And I think they did I think they did that really, really well. Yeah, it was very, very good. Walter is uh, he's one of my favourite workers in the whole world. He's he's just like so clean and crisp in everything he does. And I love the way he uses like those old old kind of heel heel uh, move set like really like throwback old school like joint manipulations and power moves but he's always frowning angrily and just really add added to to what tyler was doing with the way he kind of wrestled and sometimes i think we discussed before um because like you see pretty much everyone in WWE or even wrestling generally, everyone does dives, everyone does flips, and everyone does this kind of exciting moves. 
And sometimes that can take away the specialness of when a guy hits that as his finisher or something like that. But because Walter was all joint manipulation and power moves and suplexes and this kind of thing, it makes everything which Tyler Bate did so much more impressive because you've got that that visual of Ty, uh, Tyler's height versus this this mountain of a guy, and he struggles early on in the match to try and pick him up. There's a huge yeah. contrast in their aesthetics, and and that's purposefully done. You know, like the really, there's no redeeming qualities of Walter. He doesn't do anything that's particularly cool. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, that, you know, he, he he's he's not having fun out there, which people can get behind. He's literally out there grunting, frowning, chopping and bombing. And do you know what what isn't there what is there to like really? There's, there's very little. Yeah, very and little. when you can when you consider how hot he was when he first made his debut, uh, you know, in NXT UK, obviously people were so happy to see him, so happy that Walter had finally come to like that sort of WWE umbrella. So for him to turn that around in quite a short space of time when he turned on Pete Dunne, they brought in, you know, they brought Imperium together. Everything, they've done that in quite a short space of time. And there was no cheers for Walter. You know, even though he's around the world, is like, a, you know, he's an indie favourite, particularly for like hardcore wrestling fans. So for him to, to, to get booed, consist, you know, no sort of mixed, mixed cheers and boos, it was just boos. Says a lot about his, you know, his work. I I respect that massively because sometimes I feel like when I watch wrestling, you know, from around the world, all different companies, the heels kind of want to be like the cool heels, which people cheer. But I don't want to really see that. I want to see heels like Tommaso Ciampa and Walter and who everybody hates, where you feel like the fans are on the brink of throwing their paper cups into the, you know, into the ring because the heels have, you know, like just got this tremendous amount of heat around them, and it reminds me of uh, you know growing up with watching wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. But I suppose the one redeeming feature is that entrance. That entrance is cool yes, as so simple with the the white background and the silhouette. Yeah, and the music. Everybody sings along to the music, but then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't last for long. So I'd uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the uh, I ask everyone let's be fair about the fiend and Bray Wyatt. Uh, obviously, last time we spoke, I think we hadn't seen the fiend yet. I think it was more we'd just seen this kind of Firefly Funhouses uh, segments. Obviously, that's gone on now. Uh, you have the SummerSlam match with Finn Balor, and Finn Balor's disappeared for a bit. What do you think of uh, the fiend? Did you watch SummerSlam and the fiend's entrance? I saw The Fiend, I thought it, it was really cool. I liked the remix of Bray Wyatt's music and the, the Bray Wyatt head as the, the lantern. I, you know, aesthetically, it's so... It's terrifying. It really yeah. is. Um, so, like, you know, we, we've got a four-year-old in the house. We thought, not really appropriate for him. Yeah. We won't, we won't let him watch that. <laughs> and... I guess it's it's more of that kind of envelope pushing, isn't it? So where they've done the kind of PG thing for so long, they're they're, they're pushing that envelope just a little bit, and I think that makes it interesting because it, it it means more can happen. Like um, so, like the fiend, what, what's what's he gonna do? What he's just come out with a decapitated head with a light mm-hmm. in it. So, you know, what else is possible? <laughs> um, but yeah. I think it's a really, really interesting character. I think it's it's open to lots of different angles. And and I, I, think, I think they're onto something and they could make an awful lot of money from it. Oh, yeah. As, yeah I read that he, uh, the SummerSlam weekend, his was the highest selling merch. Um, so when you think he hadn't been on... Other than the Firefly Funhouse segment and a couple of appearances, he'd been off TV for over a year. So then to come back at like the first pay per view he's at and outsell 
your Roman Reigns or your John Cena's, or John Cena's not there at the moment, but like, you know, your Finn Balor's, the people who were the favourites with the kids and the fans, to outsell them, at the, you know, one of the big four, five shows, is says a lot about the interest in the character. Um, I think I've, I've watched Raw this morning from last night, and uh, obviously with Stone Cold being there, and he, the Fiend had attacked uh, like Mick Foley and Kurt Angle. I think everyone was expecting uh, the Fiends to turn up, and I liked that he didn't. He didn't turn up and attack Steve Austin. But what they did is later in the show, um, they did a Firefly Funhouse segment. He made reference to Steve Austin and kind of basically explained it and said, you know, he's done nothing wrong sort of thing. But then he kind of made a load of cryptic hints about The Undertaker, who's on SmackDown tomorrow, um, and saying, I think he referred to like their feud before, but really, really cryptically, like you had to be aware of what happened before and aware of like these numbers and he like on a clock he put the the 11 19 which is the date the undertaker made his debut at survivor series and stuff like that so it's kind of i like what i like from my wrestling particularly if i'm watching like raw or smackdown is i don't want my intelligence insulted too much i don't need everything explained to me i'd rather things be cryptic sometimes i'd rather have to like worry or not worry work out what something means or i'd like to be rewarded for my long-term viewing by referring to old storylines or feuds because it keeps your interest doesn't it you know the most successful tv shows are the ones which are all cryptic and you kind of can't wait for the next episode to work see what happens i guess what what bray Wyatt's doing really well is he is interested in that smarter fan you know he is he's creating an in-group you know so you guys can say to each other oh did you see that oh that meant this that meant that and all of a sudden you guys are a distinct group that are speaking in your own little language that are are talking about storylines slightly differently to the way they're aired you've got a slightly deep understanding and suddenly you think to show that i'm part of this group I'm going to spend 30 notes on a Fiend shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, oh, yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. And it's going, back, it's going back to like what we were saying about like social media and internet is he's much more active on social media, whereas because he's got kind of like this split personality gimmick, all his social media posts are as the kind of like children's TV host, and it's like he's apologising to to Mick Foley and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he'll make a reference to just Stone Cold Steve Austin last week, but not like a, I'm going to be there, just like a passing kind of reference to a rattlesnake. So people are thinking then, is he going to turn up? Is he going to turn up? He didn't turn up. And then now, of course, everyone's thinking, is he going to turn up? And you know what that does? Is those people who are wondering if he's going to turn up, they might have skipped, you know, they maybe they would have skipped SmackDown tonight because they had other things on or they were doing something, but because they want to know if he's going to turn up, they're going to make sure they watch it. Um, and those little characters, those little creative things can, you know, they can be the difference between someone making time to watch a show, you know, cause let's be honest, wrestling shows roars three hours, SmackDown's two hours. There's quite a lot of time for people to, you know, to spend out of their, their week or their night, so anything which they can get to, you know, attract viewers is obviously a positive. Well, that, that's what that's what a promo is, isn't it? It's a promotional video. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that because you think about it just as a promo of its own thing. You know, it's, oh, he's talking, he's doing a promo, he's doing a promo. But, yeah, really, a promo should be promoting something, building to something. Whether it's a, a jab or a hook, it should be moving us towards a direction, and generally that direction is interest in something or buying something or, you know, watching something. Um, and, yeah, I think that's something that Bray does really well. So the Firefly Funhouse, everybody was so intrigued. Where is this going? How is this guy going to be on television with his smiley face and his muscle man dance? Um, <laughs> how is this going to unfold and nobody knew 
and the fact that you don't know means you need to watch more because you're interested because it's entertaining for those three four minutes you know and then yeah, absolutely. the fiend and he's terrifying and he's smashing people up and then he's mandible chlorine legends and then he's writing about clues of who he might get who he might not get why he didn't get someone you know and yeah. that's building interest and and it's cool. Bray Wyatt does pro wrestling really, really well. Yeah, he's a clever, clever, creative guy, and he you can you can tell he kind of he gets it. He gets the new style of using the internet and social media and and videos and and effects and stuff like this. But he also gets the the character side of it and the old sky, old school promos and wrestling. So he's got that mix, which I think. If you can get that mix and you can get people caring, that's you know that's ninety percent of the battle, isn't it? It's you don't you as a wrestler, you want people to care. You want people to care about your matches, and your character, um, and I do feel that sometimes in WWE because they're such a big company that it can feel like sometimes they lose a bit of the the character side of it. And I don't mean that they haven't got characters. I mean that. For instance, we'll use Bray Wyatt as an example again. He knows his character inside out. He knows his character's motivations. He knows his character why he's got you know why he's got the fiend, why why he's got this split personality, um, which I sometimes think is like a lost art of characters who know their character's motivations and why is this character doing this? Why is he after this? Why is he attacking this? Why does this matter to him? And I feel like they're important traits because if if this ex-wrestler doesn't care about his character, then why should I as a viewer? Yeah, well, let's face it, right? If you're, if you're watching a television show, right, you're investing in those characters and you you are building up an internal schema of who all those characters are, right? So you're thinking, ah, well, this is what Bray Wyatt's all about. And if he does something that's against your internal schema, if he's doing something that's against your vision of who he is, then he'd better explain it. Else, all of a sudden, any buy-in that they had, you've lost. Yeah, You know? It was like... Everybody had an idea of who Stone Cold Steve Austin was, right? And everything Stone Cold Steve Austin did is stuff that Stone Cold Steve Austin would do right up until he sided with Vince McMahon. But then, yeah. then they explained it. And all of a sudden, you thought, you jackass, Stone Cold. Yeah. Sold us yeah, all out for a title. But it meant the title meant so much more. Stone Cold Steve Austin would turn on all of his values for that title, everything that's ever been important to him for that title, you know, and and that yeah. the switch, and the switch was done well. Yeah, you're spot on with that, and I think that, I, like I say, I think sometimes it feels like because it's such a big company that maybe that stuff can be lost. But then I also think that that you can't put all that on the company, and that it's up to the individual wrestlers to you know, to go away and think about that. And, it, you know, obviously they've got to work with a script or what they're told to say in the, within their promos. But that doesn't mean that you can't say it and emo- evoke emotions which your character would do rather than just reading a script. So, like, if, so for instance, if Kate Callis is there and you say they give you your script or whatever for your promo, you're not going to go away and just memorize the lines and then just say them. You're going to behave and say them in the way that Cade Callis would do. Um, because you don't, you still want to have both sides of it. You want, you, you've got the content of what needs to be said, but you need it to come from the character. If that makes yeah, sense. To be honest, I'd, l- I'd like to think that those scripts are more a kind of, a blue, you know, like an idea, uh, and then you put the meat on the bones. You know, this this is what we want to get out of it. This is an idea of a script, and then you kind yeah. of, you know, so long as you go into the same place, so it's 
you know, you you hate the big show. You you're annoyed that the big show is stolen your apples. You know. Yeah, and I think with WWE, the one thing that they have sort of gone away from over the years. So like when Stone Cold and The Rock and that were there, they would give the wrestlers like bullet points what you need to get into your promo and then they can just go and do their thing as long as they hit those bullet points but i think since then over the years like from the bet i've read and the people i've spoken to it seems like they do do now for raw and smackdown at least like an actual script of the rest the majority of the wrestlers have got to say it word for word which i think can be a problem with then connecting with your audience and your character because they might say to say something and that might not be the way that Sasha Banks, the character would say something, you know, they, she would say it in a different way, but. But then do you not think that all TV shows do that? Yeah, of course. And we're, 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 we're essentially actors in a play. Yeah. And you can't go around changing Shakespeare. You've just got to no, make I... sure that it's true to the character that you're portraying. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, um, it's up to the individuals then, isn't it, to to be able to adapt whatever the script is to their character. Um, I think as well, it's like, you know, there's not everyone is Stone Cold and The Rock who can, like, you know, you could give The Rock a microphone and he could go and talk for 20 minutes, entertain everyone, and everyone would be glued to it. Whereas maybe some, some other people would need that bit of, you know, guidance or bullet points or a script. You know, you can't expect everyone to just be able to do that. Um, it's not as easy, I guess, as The Rock makes it look. Let's face um, it, the rock, the rock can go out there and talk about eating pie for 20 minutes. Yeah, everyone's glued to Everybody it. Everybody loves it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They absolutely do. Um, so what's next for, for Cade Callas? What you got coming up? Um. So, I want to I want to get my my neck back in working order. I'm going to head down to the Dragon Pro training, uh, the Dragon Pro School, Dragon Pro Academy, uh, which is more than likely the best school, maybe in Britain, maybe in Europe. Um, the guys down there do a fantastic job, um, and yeah, just kind of keep fresh, keep thinking wrestling, keep watching wrestling. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes. You know, keep creating content, uh, try and be interesting, um, and hopefully gain more and more followers, get a bit of a buzz, and uh, see what happens. I guess. Yeah, I think um, that's the that's the that's the battle, isn't it? It's getting your name out there, getting people to be interested and see like video clips or matches and be like, Oh, he was interesting. He was a good character. I'm going to see, go and look at his social media. Or I'm going to Google him or I'm going to, you know, do whatever it may be. And it's, that's, that's the battle, I suppose, especially in this day and age. Um, so if at the moment, then you've got no kind of shows booked or anything over the next few weeks, you're going to get your not neck sorted first. Yeah, no. So for the next, for the next month or so, I'm, I'm not on anything. So, uh, Welsh wrestling, I've got a bunch of shows, but I won't be doing them. Um, like I say, th- th- this next just not right at the moment. And um, whenever I've I've wrestled again, it's felt kind of better. Afterwards, it's felt not better. Um, so it's just waiting for this this muscle, this pulled muscle, the strain muscle to kind of heal and getting back at it. Because um, Welsh wrestling. Uh, welshwrestling.com people can check out to see live events all around Wales uh, possibly the best touring wrestling show in Britain if not the world um, by WWE <laughs> and um, yeah they, they do great standalone shows similar to the circus they come into town everyone's entertained and everybody goes home um, so yeah maybe in a month's time I'll be back with Welsh Wrestling wrestling four five six times a month um but we'll 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 see what else uh what else the future brings yeah i can say so i can say myself that uh well a night of welsh wrestling is a very good time it's very entertaining some really good wrestling and uh, it's a good show my kids loved it um 
tell the people where they can find you on social media and where they can find your t-shirts Okay, so you can check out at Cade Callas, that's K-A-D-E-C-A-L-L-O-U-S on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, if you're interested in a Cade Callas shirt, it's cadecallas.bigcartel.com, but you'll be able to see that link across all of the social media. Um, please use the hashtag Cade Army if, uh, if, if you've enjoyed this podcast and maybe you feel that yeah, you're one of my guys. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, just support support British wrestling. Follow all the British wrestlers you can. Go to as many live shows as you can because the more people are watching, the more opportunities there are for guys and the better things like NXT UK will be because of that engagement. Absolutely. And um, the, what was I going to say then? The T-shirt that you've got is uh, sweet. I really like it. And uh, plan to get one myself if i can get the missus to loosen the purse strings get around anyway, to it. definitely get one yeah i will i, I really like them they're uh, really nice oh, okay. so uh, you guys can follow us at acecast underscore nation on twitter facebook.com slash acecast nation um, and like i said at the start youtube.com slash ace podcast nation for the video versions Audio versions are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and a load of other podcast sites. Yeah, go, apps go, and you've, got to, you've got to get on the Conspiracy Podcast. They're my friend when I'm doing cardio. Get on it. Get on yeah, it. The, 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 the last three, um, so we put the three, third part of three parts on MK Ultra come out yesterday. Uh, they were a lot of fun to kind of get delve into but it was like i started off we were just going to do one show and then we did one and we were halfway through and we're like oh we're gonna have to do a second part of this and then we extended it into three parts on mk ultra uh, and they were really really fun fun shows and interesting to discuss i'll, um, I'll, I'll get them on the old phone for when i'm on the treadmill you are my friend on the treadmill mate <laughs> excellent that's what i like to hear and um, guys, we've got loads of shows and guests coming up as well. I had uh, former Cage Warriors featherweight champion of the world, Danny Batten on for an unscripted and uncensored show, uh, which will be out soon. We've had Rodri Giggs, Lee Remedios, former British MMA uh, champion. We've had loads and loads of shows. We've got a weekly show with Andy Campbell, former Premier League footballer. Every Wednesday, where we look into the look at the championship results and fixtures from the weekend before, loads of shows, loads of series on all different subjects. So come, uh, come join us, have a listen, have a watch. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us who we should talk to, and uh, spread the word, as it were. Thank you, Cade, for coming on, mate. Nice one. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Kedami! Kedami! <laughs>